talking so fast you can run his podcast at point five. Results are conclusive, just know that he argues both sides. His GM is a shadow of his normal self. Doppelganger stealth. Hello and welcome to season two, episode two of the Shadow of the GM podcast. And today I'm going to be talking to you about GURPS Prime Directive. Yes, we're talking about GURPS Star Trek. So let's get on with the show. So first of all, let me have a little talk about the background of this game. And I guess it's my background to the game as well as the background of the game itself. So Prime Directive, uh, the role-playing game, is actually, in this case anyway, it spans off from um, Amarillo Design Bureau's acquisition of all the stuff from the what they call Starfleet Universe. So back in the day, in the 90s, when I used to play some of these games, um, I used to play a game called Starfleet Battles, which was basically a spaceship combat game based around the original series of Star Trek. Now, it's worth saying that this game broke from the official canon of Star Trek at about that time because when the game was originally made, it was around that time where, I think it was even prior to the movies originally, but it was definitely prior to when Next Generation came out and there was like new canon basically evolving and it all revolved around the original series of Star Trek and things like the Klingons and the Tholians, etc. And so the game very much sort of splinters off in a timeline way away from there. Um, and so if you play this thinking it's a game that includes things like Next Generation, Voyager and stuff, you're going to be disappointed. There's seen a few people who've reviewed it who've gone off on rants about how it's so out of date and needs updating, etc. The point is, it's not that. Um, it's been mentioned in some other reviews as well. It's a more militaristic version of the um, Federation and generally the sort of space in general. Um, and I guess that comes from the fact that it was based from like a combat game. So like I said, it was Starfleet Battles, which is about using warships and fighting each other. Um, so not to get too in-depth around the history, because there is a primer guide you can get from Amarillo Design Bureau and about the Starfleet Universe and the Prime Directive game. Um, one of the things that came out about the same time as um, Starfleet Battles was around was there was an original Prime Directive role-playing game, which was kind of like a bespoke system that they wrote. Um, I think I played a couple of sessions. I don't remember getting into it much, but I do remember there was one of my friends at the role-playing club I used to be did have a copy of it and they did try and play it I don't remember really getting into it an awful lot and to be honest I'd be lying if I even discussed how that game worked and um, so this is not a review of that that system still exists Amarillo Design Bureau still make that as Prime Directive 1 so you can still get a hold of that if you have a look on their website there is a way to access it but today what I'm going to talk about is the GURPS Prime Directive and basically talk a bit about how the book's laid out etc you know how it kind of relates it's worth saying this is not well, it is based on GURPS, GURPS 4th edition now with this version that's come out. I'm going to be reviewing the revised edition which came out last year, 2020, which is a two-volume edition. So there's like two volumes, although I purchased a PDF, which is both volumes stuck together um, as normally. There's volume one and two, which are kind of like, you know, so... Um, and then you have to combine them both together. So one's for like making characters and one's for running the game and kind of the same way the GURPS basic sets kind of laid out. Um, like I said, the prize edition I've got is both of them combined into one giant PDF. It's, I say giant, it's 368 pages. It's not really massive, to be perfectly honest. If you look at games like Against the Dark Master, which I reviewed recently, that's you know, kicking more towards a 600-page mark. Um, this is actually a powered by GURPS game. So although 
the GURPS basic set is really good sort of book to have to help you kind of run it. It's not actually essential. You can actually run the game directly just from this rule book. It has everything in there. I'll talk a bit more of that as we get into it. So anyway, without any further me waffling on, let's get into talking a bit about GURPS. So if you don't know the Starfleet universe um, in the way that Amarillo Design Bureau kind of put out there, the book does have a, rough, a brief introduction into the Starfleet universe to kind of get you up to speed of what it means to be playing in the SFU as opposed to playing proper Star Trek. The main rest of the bulk of the book is really around about, in some ways, representing what's from the... Um, the GURPS core rules, but also a little bit more about the um, actual specific settings. So for example, in your character creation bit, there's the basic stuff about creating your character stats and things and points values, but there's also all the species profiles from the species from the game. So we're talking here about species either from the original series of Star Trek or ones from the Starfleet Battles Federation Commander type things. Uh, it has to be worth saying as well, there's a point value system on here, going from Cadet, which is 75 points, up to Elite sort of characters, which are 175, which is still quite low in GURPS in some sense, but then your heroic are kind of your 200 plus characters um, when you're kind of choosing those points. Um, like I said, there's the basic skills kind of things. There's the issues around like build and, you know, appearance and stuff that are in there too, which again, are more or less kind of just directly lifted from the GURP sort of basic set. It's kind of just represented, like I said here, along with the wealth values and things. Um, although it is a setting, the tech levels are kind of still on there from GURPS because some of the different space varying races have different tech levels and you could have a character who comes from a lower tech level planet. I hope you're not violating the Prime Directive when you're doing that, etc. So talk a bit about, uh, oh, it's also quite useful in here, I think, is they've um, they've sort of codified the rank system in GURPS. So in GURPS, there was a rank advantage that you can take, and it's up to you generally when you're making a setting as to what the rank levels mean in actual ranks. And so they have on this game, like a list of the actual ranks for the different, well, mostly for the Federation, um, and then sort of like ideas behind what that would actually then be in a sort of rank level um, basis, which then gives you some sort of idea about what they get paid when you play it. Um, I said species-wise, there's quite a few things in there. So we have humans. So human, again, with GURPS is sort of base one, but then we have things like you can have uh, Gorn, which remember those from the Star Trek episode. There's the Vulcans, which are probably obvious, Romulans, Klingons. But then you've got other things like Andromedans. You can play Andorians, Tellarites, again, from the original series. Uh, Tholians, which are the crystalline people. Um, you may remember the things like the Lyrans and the Hydrans, which again, if you ever play Starfleet Battles, these names will be familiar to you. The Orion Pirates, again, which get mentioned in the series, but they're kind of more elaborated on in this particular game. Um, so it's quite a good mix of different species out there um, in the game to play with. And as it's GURPS, there's like templates for those, including like ability modifiers, advantages, perks, disadvantages, etc. Let's talk about some things that are taboo for some of the races, things that they wouldn't do or wouldn't have. Um, so on the whole, it's quite cool that they've got those kind of races on there. Um, as I've said, this is not based on Star Trek and Starfleet Universe, so you have to take that on board when you're looking at these, that these won't necessarily 100% tally with maybe what you're expecting from Star Trek if you've sort of kept up with the series into the modern day, but it is based on the original series and on the Starfleet Battles universe, uh, so Starfleet Universe, rather than on the actual series as it progressed. Um, next, we'll talk about is the advantages. So the advantages are all pretty much again from the basic set. I haven't done a, like a sort of not a deep dive, but kind of gone through them from the point of view looking how to do it on GURPS character sheet system. Um, pretty much all the advantages that are in there are actually part of the basic set. The only one that's different on there is that they have Vulcan-based psi abilities um, that are around. And there's also some more elaborated things around uh, things like duty and stuff. So, for example, if you're uh, a Klingon for a Klingon. If you're Vulcan, for example, there's that thing about being dedicated to logic and things that's in there as an example. And you can also have a sense of duty to the um, Prime Directive as an example of things in there. But those are, I guess, more examples of refinements around it rather than being new rules that have been added in to. 
Similar to advantages, the disadvantages are pretty much, um, again, I couldn't find anything in there that wasn't really from the base set that I have. So it was nothing new. Again, they're just kind of represented and some of them are given more examples again about specific things for the Starfleet universe. Skills, again, not being through these fully, I have to be said, because there's quite a lot of them, but again, they seem to be just a main representation of the kind of skills from the base set, but kind of, again, flavoured more for the sort of like, you know, the core things you might find in Star Trek to kind of, you know, sort of bring that sort of theme through it all. Um, again, because it's powered by GURPS, it has explanations on how to use the skills, including things like, you know, the defaults for them, etc., and how to spend points in them. It's not just bringing in new skills, it brings in all the skills you like to need to run the game, which is quite cool to have. Um, so drive kind of like powered by groups kind of systems that you know they are allowed to pull some stuff out of there to actually then use um, in your game so yeah fairly standard like i said around that sort of stuff so um quite useful but there's nothing massively new in there that i've come across yet i will have a proper deep dive in it if i find anything i shall uh, put an addendum on this one but so far when i was looking through the skills i couldn't see anything obvious that was different to how you do it the rest of the book from that point uh well sort of next big chunk of that book really is about how to play the game so this is just again re presenting of uh, the GURPS sort of base, GURPS base rules around success rules, how combat works, how injury illness and fatigue kind of work. And there's also a bit then about economics and laws and customs, which is a bit different. So again, this is more kind of flavoring um, around the setting and not necessarily around about, you know, how the GURPS system works, but more about the stuff around the setting sort of implementation of GURPS. To carry on flicking through the book, the next bit really is around about character development, so awards for the game. So it covers the things in GURPS, not just like the character points, but also talks about the options for doing like skills through learning as opposed to just adventuring, etc. Uh, they also have quite a cool section about awards, so like medals and things and promotions within uh, the organisation. So it defaults mostly to the Federation of the awards and stuff, just because that's the default kind of assumed uh, one from the core book point of view. Um, it's worth saying most of, on that point that there are source books for this game which i don't have yet for the klingon empire the federation and the romulan so if you don't want to just have the starfleet point of view i'd say definitely check those ones out the next bit is kind of to me the meat and bones kind of stuff that i'm always after from any sort of book around gurps because i own the base set and i've played a fair bit of gurps sometimes the, the rule stuff's you know not as important to me because i have that base kind of thing and the base knowledge there and um, with those like i said this is quite cool if you've ever played this game before to have like the sort of gurp stuff there presented in a more easy to digest fashion around the 600 pages of the base set if you've got the whole amount um, but here we start having things like technology so we have the technology levels as i mentioned before but then also the equipment you can get so shipboard equipment personal equipment and weapons always the bit we want to know is how much is a phaser and what damage does it do for example and that to me is where this book really shines from my point of view it has all the stuff i want for running it from the point of view as well as having the species and stuff at the start and i have the weapons and technology that i need to have in my game to run it there's next a big section which is on about the Starfleet universe. So again, this goes into a bit more sort of information around about what the SFU looks like. So map talks about moving through space, um, and then also talks a little bit about if you want to use Starfleet battles or Federation commander for the space combat. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Uh, around with some background stuff, and there's also some a deck plan basically for a free trader ship if you want to use that. And again, there's also a timeline again for the Starfleet universe if you want some sort of sense of what the sort of timeline is for the canon for this setting. Uh, the next big section there is about space combat. So as I said, they have talked about using uh, Starfleet Battles of Federation Commander for combat. But what they also have in the book is a base combat system, which is really around GURPS 4th edition um, space and spaceships um, for spaceship combat, where they've just brought in some of the things from uh, Federation Commander and SFB into kind of like add a bit of flavor to it. So things like energy allocations in there and the sort of ship templates are sort of brought in from there as well. And they have got some sample spaceships as well that you can use. So again, that's quite cool. And you kind of have that halfway house. And if you don't want to have the Federation Commander sort of full rules and bring that out, though, I'd be really tempted. Um, you can instead use that kind of space combat system from GURPS. 
last kind of thing really in the book is an adventure called Rescue and Ruin, which I've not used, but it does also come with some sample characters. So yeah, quite cool. So that's kind of it for a quick kind of talk through. So just want to talk then about my initial thoughts about this game. I guess as I were eyes, the main thing I can say is I really, really want to run this game. <laughs> I really fond memories of Starfleet battles and kind of the, the Starfleet universe from back in the day when I used to sort of, you know, game with those sort of group of friends. And it'd be quite fun, I think, to sort of play, I guess, the more kind of pulpy style Star Trek from playing this game. Uh, I think I might do a side-by-side -side kind of like why this is the best game ever, why it's the worst game ever type review again because everyone seems to love those around this and maybe with that talk a bit more about some of the other Star Trek games that are kind of out there um, although I haven't had too much experience of playing them but I do know enough to kind of get some sort of sense around it um, and some of the things I could say I guess in defense of this or against it uh, I guess the key thing I could say about this is this this kind of system in the same way that Dungeon Fantasy RPG kind of typifies what I love about GURPS which is that with this game you've got this lovely core kind of game mechanisms around the GURPS sort of engine i guess for lack of a better word which has got represented in this way as like a whole game system and as a gm this is what you try to do when you try to build a setting in GURPS. you're trying to basically build your list of advantages your list of disadvantages and skills and although we don't have time to write a 300 page rule but this kind of typifies what you can do with GURPS, how you can basically take that core system and then basically build one what I always wonder a bit interestingly about these is that if someone saw this and it was like GURPS Prime Directive, they'd be like, oh, not touching it because it's GURPS. Whereas actually, if you could strip, I know you can't for legal reasons, but if you could strip the GURPS bit out of it and just said, oh, this is Prime Directive, this is the rules, and just gave it to people to play, would they actually have the same aversion to it? Because as I said, everything's presented in that rule book. There's only about 300 pages. It's not massive. It covers things like, you know, gravity, the weapons, etc., and things, and the starship combat. So in actual fact, there's a lot packed into quite a few pages. So it's not really a complex system as such. Um, and with the templates around your species and the academy training and stuff, you can build a character fairly rapidly with it. Um, just going through that. There's a few complexities in there around things like if you want to work in a specialty and stuff about the skill levels you might need and whether you can do that with the points you've allocated, etc. But on the whole, it's fairly rapid to kind of get those characters built and kind of get them out there. And so I just kind of feel like this is a really cool example of like how it said you can kind of bring that GURPS power to a game and kind of get something up and running and you know I mean I'm biased I like GURPS so I'm not potentially going to say necessarily anything too bad about it but yeah I just wanted to say that you know like I said I really would love to get this game up and running and play it it's quite bizarre that this spikes my interest much more than say some of the other Star Trek games out there even though it's not the official Star Trek but yeah so anyway that's it for today um as i said hopefully this review is useful to you it's uh not my usual standard one of like you know going off on a rant about how amazing or how bad something is but i will be doing that one about this at some point in the near future but because i've been reading a lot about this game i just want to kind of get this review out there and get this podcast out uh, before i move on to other things so okay everyone until next time everyone just keep on going.